Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Well, That's not the official music of the Savage Nation, but it is the official music of one of the, let us say, tribes, American Indian tribes that predated uh, all of us on the North American continent. You say, what the hell is he talking about now? Why is he talking about Indians? What do I care about that? Why isn't he doing what the others are doing? Why isn't he attacking the Democrats and supporting the Republicans? I spent yesterday in a museum at the uh, Presidio Trust. And as you well know, the President of the United States, Donald Trump, appointed me to the Board of Directors of the Presidio Trust, which is a very, very honorable and powerful and high position, which I perform for nothing, no dollars a year. It's a 1,200-acre parcel of land that is entrusted to the uh, Presidio Trust. And I went into the museum that they have, the Heritage Museum, it's on the old army base. It was an army base. The Presidio is an army base, after all. And in the exhibit, there's an exhibit going all the way back to the Muwekma Ohlone tribe of the San Francisco Bay Area. And you say, well, wait, this is a U.S. army base. Yeah, but before the army, before the Spanish conquistadors, there were Native Americans here. And they were the Muwekma Ohlone tribe. And it was interesting to me that they had lived in this area for over 1,300 years. Let me repeat that. That's the tribal history, 1,300 years. That's the culture, the people uh, that lived here before uh, Nancy Pelosi's ancestors got here and such. And I look around now and I ask, how much longer can our culture survive? First of all, we have no culture. There is no culture left in the San Francisco area. It's just a debased, collapsed society. We have destroyed what we stole from the Indians in plain English. Let me not mince words. There was a time that San Francisco was once the citadel on the hill. 
it was a model city. It was looked uh, up to by everyone in the world as one of the most beautiful places on earth. And as a result of liberal rule, it's become an unlivable city. And I ask myself, knowing that all civilizations, all cultures come and go through time, whether it was the ancient Greeks, Romans, you name them, go before them, the Babylonians, the ancient Hebrews, the Roman Empire, where are they now? I mean, there are Romans, there are Assyrians, the people are still here, but the civilization is gone, the culture is gone. So are we in the waning phases of our civilization, the American experience, is it over? Well, when you look around and you see George Stephanopoulos as about the most uncivil human being in a suit and tie you could imagine, and you see how they set up a president for a fall, you have to say to yourself, well, the civilization is already over. The media destroyed the civilization. Or when you look at Cornell University, which was once a great university, and you read the story that the, the English department dropped the word English from the name of their department because the word English offended some minorities in the department, you realize that the culture is over. The liberals have destroyed our culture. Listen to what I just said. You think I'm making this up? Follow me. Please follow me. Okay, English department, Cornell University, used to be an Ivy League. They took the word English out of English department because one minority moron that they hired was offended by it. I told you 20 years ago that because of affirmative action, what would happen, and of course time has proven to me, me to be right on this and so many other things, that once you admit people into institutions and they cannot keep up with the high standards of that institution, they will start claiming that the standards themselves are racist and the institutions will then lower their standards to the point where there are no standards. And at the end of the day, here's what we have. Cornell English Department drops the word English from English Department because one minority didn't like the word English. Apparently, she said that it represents a nationality, not a language. This is what we have come down to. So you say, well, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, the insane are running the asylum. You could say all of those things. You could say none of those things. But I will say one thing, and one thing is true. It is liberalism that has destroyed the West. And, of course, they aimed to destroy the West. They meant to destroy the West. They wanted to destroy the West. Uh, back in the 70s, the radical feminists, that's a pleasant way of saying something that I can't say on the radio. The radical feminists used to chant, hey, hey, ho, ho, Western Civ has got to go. Well, Western Civ is gone. And what has it been replaced with? Something better? There was a letter sent to a small Ventura California newspaper a while ago that I put up on michaelsavage.com that is entitled Thanks Liberals for Turning California into a Cesspool. And it goes like this. It was written by a gentleman named J Dennis Jesperson, Simi Valley. And he says, Thank you, liberals, for creating a world where everyone is a victim and offended by everything. Thank you for creating an atmosphere where one misspoken word can lead to the end of a career or worse. Thank you for automatically labeling everything racism when something doesn't go your way. Thank you for thinking the best way to fight racism is to face it in the opposite direction. Thank you for allowing mob rule to dictate policy in a race history. Thank you for supporting criminals instead of law enforcement while making it increasingly difficult for law-abiding citizens to defend their families. Thank you for turning journalism into activism. You saw that last night during the uh, so-called town halls. Thank you for turning public education into indoctrination. Thank you for increasing the homeless population with your solutions. Thank you for turning the Golden State into a cesspool 
of poverty, union corruption, and streets filled with felons. I'm old enough to remember a time when California had the best of everything. This is now completely upside down due to liberal, quote, leadership. How proud you must be to see that your policies have produced the worst schools, worst roads, failing bridges, dams and levees, the worst poverty rate in the nation, and a disastrous state employee pension system for your criminal union bedfellows. All this while charging the highest taxes, punishing us with the most expensive gasoline and utility costs, and creating one of the worst business climates in the country. A miserable failure by any measure. I can only hope the rest of the country will not allow the San Francisco plague to spread beyond California's borders. I hope to be joining the exodus and quit calling yourselves progressives because that falsely implies progress. It was written by Dennis Jesperson in Simi Valley and it was published in the Ventura County Star on Saturday, August 29th, 2020. And that is the opening to the Savage Nation. The phone number here is 855-400-SAVAGE, 855-400-7282. And I would like to say what we'll talk about today. It's open mic to mic Friday. And even if you're listening online where the show is the dominant streaming show in the entire network, you can still call that number and get on if you get through Jim. And I'm still giving away free copies of Our Fight for America. It's a very important book and the fight has just begun. There are other topics that I may or may not touch about. Chris Christie in the ICU for COVID for seven days. He says, wear a mask. Now, many people are saying, I wore a mask and got it anyway. Uh, the head of the Swedish health uh, institutes that are in charge of COVID say masks do nothing. Another topic is Rudolph Giuliani. His daughter said she's voting for Joe Biden. Hmm, that's something. <laughs> yeah, right. Twitter is still trying to block Hunter Biden's story as the New York Post releases more emails about the corruption of the Biden family. Did you know that? I got blocked three times trying to publish the Biden story. I got blocked three times from publishing the English department story. Apparently, there are some individuals at Twitter who don't understand that they have no right to be such censors. And we're going to talk about Twitter as well in a few minutes because I'm not so sure that when the Democrats win, they're going to break up big tech. I think big tech is so big that they have bought out every politician in the country, both Republicans and Democrats alike. That is why Trump has not broken up big tech. By the way, sorry to tell you, sad to say, the president was on this show when I was on the air on Tuesday. And for those of you who missed the incredible interview with President Trump, because it was different than any interview he has ever done, people have said that. He was on the show on Tuesday. It was only arranged on Monday. It was a last-minute call from the White House. And he opened the interview by saying, Michael, I miss you. And believe me, he didn't have to say it. I think he genuinely misses Michael, me. And it went on from there with some questions to do with policy. And then it ended in a strange way with me giving him a vitamin, vitamin advice uh, on the air. And I think if you missed it, you can catch it on the podcast but we have a special treat for you on the program today. In this hour, we have boiled down the interview to a very short segment of the highlights, and we should play it probably at the bottom of the hour. But one thing I learned from the interview about President Trump, he said a few things that resonated with me. One of them was, Michael, you've been with me from the beginning. He knows, believe me, they don't know that he knows because they make believe they're his best friend now. He knows who stabbed him in the back in 2016, and he also knows not to trust them now. They're very much like the walrus. 
They're on the radio now. They think they're riding high now, but tomorrow they could be gone. He knows and they know uh, that they, they didn't back him. And he knows that they didn't back him then and they don't back him now. And they, ha- they don't have his back now. Will he win is the only question that matters. Well, people ask me that all the time. I am not a mind reader. I am not a fortune teller. If I were to believe the polls put out by George Stephanopoulos and Wolf Blitzer and that type, the type that destroyed every nation that this type has ever entered, uh, I would say that Trump doesn't stand a chance. But I'm not so sure that the, uh, the hologram in a basement, the corrupt Joe Biden, the corrupt Joe Biden who is not even real. Joe Biden is a phantasmagora put out by the very same people who gave you that charade last night called a town hall meeting. It's not Joe Biden who's running. It's the San Francisco politicians who destroyed the city and then the state with their toxic policies who are running Kamala Harris, who will be president within a short order after Biden has pushed off a cliff in his wheelchair. Savage. Living with chronic pain is the worst. It's more than a feeling of discomfort. It can affect your whole life. Many of my listeners probably have some type of pain that has prevented them from relaxing and sleeping or stopped them from exercising. Well, perhaps it's been ongoing for a few weeks now and hasn't improved with any of the treatments you've tried. Enter Omax Health. If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFreeze CBD Roll-On developed by Omax Health. This stuff works. This non-prescription triple-action pain relief roll-on is specially formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. Now, here's the best part. This 100% natural CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes of application, and relief lasts up to eight hours, much longer than over-the-counter products. Omax Health is offering my listeners 20% off a full bottle of CryoFreeze CBD pain relief roll-on. Now, this discount also applies towards any product on their entire site. Just go to omaxhealth.com today and enter code SAVAGE. That is omaxhealth.com, enter code SAVAGE to get 20% off cryo-freeze and anything on the site. You simply roll it over where it hurts and ice out the pain. No grease, no messy creams, no horrible fragrances like some of those other products. This stuff is great. I'm telling you, this product is the real deal. So go to omaxhealth.com, enter code SAVAGE, and you're going to get 20% off at anything on the site. omaxhealth.com, code SAVAGE. So I spent the day at the Presidio Trust Museum yesterday touring all the exhibits and was very impressed with the fact that the Ohlone tribal people had lived in the San Francisco Bay Area for over 1,300 years. Look how long we've been here, and look what we've done to this city. Do you think the Ohlone's would have let some of their mentally defective individuals urinate or defecate outside a teepee while women and children were in it? Let, let me go back. Let's put it in context. Let's compare the Ohlone tribal leaders to Nancy Pelosi. So you have someone in the village who's crazy, can't take care of themselves. Would they bring food to his tent? And sit outside the teepee and say, sir, how are you feeling today? Would you like a buffalo sandwich? Would you care for a cup of water? And let's say the individual left his tent from time to time after eating the food that they put outside the teepee. And he went to other teepees where women and children were present. And he dropped his uh, breech cloth. And he uh, defecated outside the tent. Do you think the tribal men would have permitted that? 
Well, Nancy Pelosi never even talked about it. And now she wants to foist upon us Kamala Harris, who will give us more of that, not less of that. And it will metastasize to every town and village in the United States of America. End of story for all of you running with the Biden-Harris posters on your lawns. You think you're going to have a nirvana, don't you? You are that stupid? You won't have Trump to kick around anymore. Who are you going to kick around when he goes? Oh, I see. You'll blame him for the next four years. That the reason the society is in decline under Biden is because of what Trump did, and they're just trying to fix it. You got the plan all worked out? The communists have been saying for the last 70 years that the only reason communism hasn't worked is because of capitalism that stood in their way. I've heard the same thing over and over again. Okay, Steel in California, let's make it quick. I don't know if we can get uh, sidetracked on it. Go ahead, what's your topic? Oh, so Go ahead. I just wanted to say that uh, Indi- Indians are the ancestors of all humans in their spirit of just being the purest form of a human being, survival, spirit. Hold on, hold on, Steel, Steel, stop with the glorification. The noble savage never existed. I don't know if you know that. Um, I mean, no, I can disagree with that because they are a purest form of humans. They survive. Oh, stop, stop. Are you, are you at all an anthropologist? Have you ever studied tribal peoples? Um, not, not specifically other than just my rudimentary understanding of... Well, your rudimentary understanding is juvenile, and it's not understanding at all. The idea of the noble savage was debunked over 100 years ago. There is no such thing as a noble savage, by the way. Okay. No, I, so you're assuming that they lived in some idyllic circumstances, right? No, they could take care of themselves. They survived. But, okay, let's let's stop for a minute. Do you know how tribes treated each other when they went went at each other? Whether did they do it in a civilized manner, or how did they treat each other? No, they'd cut each other's hearts out, cut each other's heads off, and battle. Well, so how can you say they're the purest form of humanity then? Because they were surviving in a natural world. You cannot be corrupted by wokeness and asking them, oh, what do you prefer to be? So wait, so when the Aztecs captured weaker tribes and they turned them into slaves and they took them up to the top of their pyramids and then they cut their hearts out while they were alive and rolled the hearts down the pyramid, would you say that was a, a superior uh, form of humanity? Um, I mean, they were dominating another person and I think you could evolve that a concept of treating other humans um, and it could be tr- uh, created better to have a better overall society but you can't advance so far that you disregard the human nature and that's to be violent to take over areas so you human nature is violent is what you're arguing uh, definitely so you approve of the violence in our streets I approve of violence when it's against bad people for a good reason Yo, what about when it's bad people hurting innocent people or are raping an old woman that you certainly don't approve of that do you violent then good people have right, let, let's not glorify the noble savage because there's no such individual never existed savage look it's no surprise that current events news in other words the horrible news is contributing to more stress and sleep deprivation okay ebb cool drift can help you Imagine what you can take on the morning after a restful night of restorative sleep. Whether you're seeking a natural solution to a long-term battle with sleeplessness or looking for small improvements to operate at your peak, it is time for you to try the Ebb Cool Drift, the Ebb Cool Drift Sleep System. See, the mind's normal way of dealing with stress and challenges is to be on guard or more vigilant. It's the inverse of what's needed for a restful night of sleep. 
the Ebb Cool Drift Sleep System gives you a cooling, calming sensation to the forehead, which is designed to counteract the way the mind and body reacts to stressful situations. Ebb Cool Drift has been clinically validated and uses reported improved sleep quality by 90%. Listen to this. The new Ebb Cool Drift is a lightweight and portable sleep system designed to be versatile to fit your lifestyle, calming your racing mind anywhere you need. My producer, Robert, has been using the Ebb Sleep System for a few months. He's been getting better sleep every night. Robert likes the new Cool Drift system as it is portable, rechargeable, and able to help him relax anytime he needs. Now, here's the beauty. Users can try it risk-free for 60 nights to confirm it's the solution they've been looking for. Just for our listeners, you can save $25 off your order by going to tryeb.com savage using promo code SAVAGE at checkout. That's $25 off your order, and you can try it risk-free for 60 nights. What do you got to lose? Try Ebb. That's T-R-Y-E-B-B dot com slash savage. Try com slash savage and use promo code SAVAGE to save $25 today. Have you become a victim of the timeshare trap? You think there's no way out? Well, Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, has helped over 35,000 families out of financial hardship by getting them out of bad timeshares, and they may be able to help you too. Listen, if your timeshare agreement goes on forever, if you were told timeshares are a great investment or your maintenance fees will never go up, you, know, you need to get the facts about timeshare cancellation. For over 10 years, Wesley Financial Group has been dedicated to helping folks get out of a lifetime of debt by canceling their timeshares. So they created a free timeshare exit information kit that reveals how the timeshare industry works and your options for cancellation. To get your free timeshare exit information kit, simply go to iCancelTimeshare.com. That's iCancelTimeshare.com. I'll say it one more time, iCancelTimeshare.com. Thank you very much, iCancelTimeshare.com. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, our great president, Donald Trump on the Savage Nation. President Trump, such an honor to have you here. Hi, Michael. I miss you. How are you? That's very sweet. President Trump, great I'm going to ask you right off the bat, how are you feeling after dealing with COVID-19? Really good. And I will tell you, you know, I'm a little surprised. It was, I had a temperature. I was a little weak. We don't want to have weak uh, in, in the in the gene, and I was not exactly thrilled. But uh, and I tested, you know, very positive, like oh, ten days ago, whatever it was. Mm. And uh, all of a sudden, Michael, I, I took this uh, Regeneron, uh, and it was uh, it was uh, maybe I would have been gotten better anyway. You know, they say ninety nine point something, right? Yes. Uh, you know, my yeah, but you do, come on. Let's face it, you do have great genes. You're like a warrior. I I don't know how you do it. But I want to ask you, President Trump, are you still eating hot dogs like the one you gave me on Air Force One? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, what, you know, that answer is very much like my mother at age 88. When I asked yeah. her, what's her secret to longevity? She told me she likes hot dogs. <laughs> I swear to you. Uh, absolutely. We had a good time, Mike. We had a good time. And you've been my friend and you've been there right from the beginning. I remember you and I spoke in February and you were on the phone with me. I think it's when you appointed me to the Presidio Trust. And by the way, thank you very much for that. Good. One day after the election, I'd like to tell you how important that appointment 
has turned out to be with regard to what they're trying to do here. But let's not get distracted. You said to me on the phone that you were shutting down travel from China. I distinctly remember that. And at the same time you were shutting down travel from China, right at the beginning of the COVID epidemic, Nancy Pelosi was seen in Chinatown, San Francisco, walking around telling people it was safe to go to Chinatown and eat dim sum. And yet they have the nerve to say that you're responsible for this. Who do they think they're fooling? They were very slow, and frankly, if we, weren't, if we didn't do what we did, you would have had 2 million deaths. You would have had 2 million more deaths. You know, it was estimated to be 2.2 million, and I'm not saying 210,000. Any one death is too much. This right. never happened from China, but uh, we could have had 2 million, 2.2 million deaths. Uh, we, we, the job we've done, I heard you talking about vaccines and other things, but, you know, the therapeutics, I think, frankly, the cure. I took something that was... So good, the antibodies. I mean, for me, a day later, two days later, I was feeling very, very good. And it's, it's Regeneron, I, I guess I regenerated you. President Trump, you know, your greatest, so many things you've done that have been swept under the rug that are really great for world peace. The Democrats like to pose as the party of peace, and you're supposed to be the warmonger. Meanwhile, we have troops withdrawn under you from Afghanistan, yep. from Iraq. Uh, from Syria, the greatest peace accord in our lifetime between the Arabs and the Jews. Any other president would have been celebrated for this. The uh, uh, the Democrats and the media make believe it didn't happen. Can you please tell us if you consider that one of your great legacies? Well, I do. I think uh, judges, we, I have 300 judges by the end of the term, first term, which is a record, and three Supreme Court judges. If you look at uh, what's going on today with uh, Amy, she's doing a Oh, she's great. Job. She is great. Wow, they can't touch her. No, no, she's fantastic. So you have three Supreme Court justices. But, no, I'm very proud of that because I, I know you're a big fan of Israel and, and what we've done. Nobody's done what we've done with between Jerusalem and Golan Heights and, and frankly, breaking up the Iran deal, which would have been a disaster for Israel. And well, so you brought the Jews and the Arabs together. That first flight from Israel to the UAE was, was historic. Yep. How in the world can people say you're a warmonger when in the face of it, you're a peacemaker. Well, I have built a mili- rebuilt the military. We have 2.5 trillion into the military. We have the greatest weaponry ever. And we need that, Michael. We have to have that. You know, we have to have that. But uh, no, I, I think we've done a job like nobody else. Actually, the other side, the so-called professionals that have been doing this for 40 years, they can't believe what we've been able to do. And we have many countries right now that want to come on. What vitamins are you taking? You know, I'm a vitamin nut. What vitamins are you taking? Are you taking it? That though, because I don't take vitamins. I've never taken vitamins. But well, wait a minute now. When you win again and you get time again, I'm going to sit down with you and tell you you got to take some vitamins. I'll tell you which ones you have to take. Well, tell me now. Go ahead, tell me. <laughs> I wrote the books on them 30 years ago. Come on, you've got to take some vitamin D. You got to take some vitamin D. It's known to stimulate the immune system. It'll even work well with the Regeneron. It doesn't conflict with Regeneron. So in addition to the Regeneron, which is a miracle drug in a way, uh, you know, the monoclonal antibodies are working, but your body itself needs the help with uh, vitamin D, vitamin A, and several other vitamins. Vitamin C would be a, a big help for you. Zinc is important. Michael, I heard you talking about the vaccines, but Regeneron, you do think that's something pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I personally am opposed to a vaccine that hasn't had enough of a trial, but Regeneron looks like a miracle drug to me. I mean, and the beauty is this drug was created by two guys from Queens. 
That's the amazing part. It's an amazing story of that company, but it really works. You know, but before we go, President Trump, here you got the disease they said kills everyone. Yeah. And then everyone found out, no, the mortality rate is very low. Here you are, 74 years old. You get the disease. The left wing celebrates. And three days later, you're back on the campaign trail. So shouldn't they learn from that? that this is a disease, yes, it's a virus, yes, it's serious, yes, you should take precautions, but it's not worthy of locking down an entire state or entire nation because the mortality rate is extremely low? That's true. W, uh, the World Health Organization, came out yesterday, finally admitted that I was right. How is my favorite lady on the planet next to my wife doing, Mrs. Trump? Fantastically. She says hello. I said I'd be speaking to you. It's great to speak to you, too, actually. No, no, you know, you know that we have a certain feel, a rapport. Well, like when I see you folks once in a while, you know there's an emotional feeling. I don't know how that works. How does that work between people? I don't understand it. Well, the there was. Is, we had, uh, and right from the beginning, you know, you were sort of saying, that guy's got a really good shot, and I always remembered that. You know, not everybody said Well, I want to rem- remind the people today that even if you live in a communist state that you think your vote doesn't count like California or New York, your vote counts in the popular vote tally. We've got to get everyone listening to this show to get off their behinds and go out and vote, send in those ballots, whatever you have to do, because every vote counts, and we need Donald Trump for another four years. That's what I say. Well, Michael, I appreciate it, and I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win by maybe a lot, but we'll, if, if it's two votes, it's okay. But you know what? I think we're going to win by maybe a lot. And, you know, when we have 25, 30,000 people every time I stop, that's your best poll. That's those. Yeah, but ta- President Trump, please take care of your health. You know, health is number one. You know, you're still in recovery. You still have to, you know, be be strong, but be a little careful. You know, that's what I'm. That, that's as one friend to another. Just okay. You know, be be a little careful. You know, don't overdo it. You know, you're still in recovery. Your body is still healing. That, that's what I would say. I don't mean to be a, a nervous Nancy here, but let's be careful. It's good. Let's be careful. We care about you. President Trump, we've got to let you go to Pennsylvania. You've got big things to do. From the bottom of my heart, the part that's still left, I want to thank you for being with us today on the Savage Nation. And I know that everyone listening to the show feels exactly the same way. Thank you, Michael. It's an honor. And I will see you soon. You take care of yourself. Thank you. Savage. If a medical emergency arises, you prepared. Everyone says, oh, it'll never happen to me. But it can When you least expect it, take it from me. I know for a fact it hits you when you least expect it. Now, what if you're traveling? Well, in a medical emergency, Air MedCare Network providers can transport you or a family member to the nearest hospital. And if you're a member, you'll see no out-of-pocket costs related to your flight. You heard me. That's right. You won't pay a dime when transported by an AMCN provider. You should know health insurance may not cover the full cost of emergency medical transport. And even with comprehensive coverage, you could still get hit with substantial deductibles and co-pays. Sign up for an Air MedCare Network membership now. AMCN is the largest air ambulance membership network with more than 3 million members, including me. It costs as little as $85 for your entire household and protects you whether you're at home or traveling. Let me ask you, for $85, can you afford not to have this, especially in, the, in this time? Right now, as part of the Savage Nation, you'll get up to fifty. You'll get up to a fifty-dollar gift card when you join AMCN. Just go to the special URL, airmedcarenetwork.com/savage, and use code Savage. Let me say it again: air 
medcarenetwork.com slash savage, code savage. airmedcarenetwork.com slash savage, enter code savage. We're talking about uh, the mask job and Christie. He was in the ICU for seven days with COVID. Now he says, wear a mask. Look, the fact is, masks can help if you're sick. It'll prevent you from spewing out your droplets. But by and large, they don't really prevent you from getting the disease. Many people have worn masks and come down with COVID-19, and they don't even know how. We don't know. Is it transmitted on surfaces? Are they walking around with I don't know. I don't have an answer. A lot of it's a little mysterious. And many young people believe that they'll get it and they'll get over it like a cold or a flu. And it's probably true for a lot of young, healthy people, but not necessarily true. A lot of young people are getting it and getting very sick and dying. So you say, well, maybe they had an underlying illness. Well, maybe they didn't know about the underlying illness. You want to take that chance? So I would say be cautious. And for God's sakes, if there's any politicians listening, I said in February, don't lock down the entire state through selective quarantine selective quarantine and the governors of course did a, an affirmative action of quarantining everybody because they didn't want to be seen as racist see if you would lock down people who have underlying conditions people with uh known underlying conditions and at-risk communities of which there are well-known at-risk communities you'll find that they're generally not looking the way you want them to look if you're only looking at certain um let us say magazine articles about what america should look like so they say, well, we'll lock everyone down, including all of the counties in Northern California, for example, where there were almost no cases. We'll close down their local coffee shops so we don't look like a bunch of racists. And they destroy the economy as a result. Can't do it. It's got to be selective quarantine. I've been calling for it since February. But there's a lot more that can be done. Now, if Trump wins, and it is a long shot, I mean, by what I see, let's be very blunt, you know, most of the polls are flawed, but there's enough for them now where you have to say maybe it's you know going to be the other way and bad. I would say that if Trump does win and there's an unlikelihood at this time that it's going to be a huge victory, it could be a margin thin victory by what I see. The whole thing is whether or not his core base goes out or they've been so demoralized by the media that they don't even vote. They're not going to vote for the, the hologram and Kamala Harris. But what they've been trying to do is make you give up hope and not vote. And that's why I've been saying every vote counts. So please make sure you go out and vote. And if he wins again, I'm going to try to become a consultant to the NIH. We have to get rid of these monstrosities inside the NIH who have destroyed the nation with their false science and false dictates that were based not so much upon hard science, but upon hard fascism. That's all. One of the other things I'm working on is the podcast. I've been going up and down as to whether I even want to do a podcast come January. May, may I be perfectly blunt with my audience? You know, I said there are guys in the business, in other businesses, who have resigned. Let's say they did. Take Jack Nicholson. How many movies has he done? Many. Great, great actor. Why don't you see him anymore? He doesn't want to do any more movies. So someone once sent to Jack Nicholson, how come you don't do another movie? It'd be a blockbuster. He said, I've done 36 movies. Or take a great actor like James Woods. I don't see him doing podcasting. He tweets occasionally. So I said, you know, Michael, you've had a glorious career. 
You've achieved every goal you've ever wanted in life in every way. In every way. You've hit every note. You've done it all. Why do you now need to start something new when you're leaving radio? I've been thinking this through. Don't think, I mean, it's like Abe Lincoln, man. I'm going through very heavy internal dialogue, some of which keeps me up late at night and wakes me up in the middle of the night. And I've come to the conclusion today <clears throat> that I am going to do a podcast because I believe I have found a company to work with who can do it all for me, where all I can do is, all I want to do is my show. I don't want to run a new business. I do not want to have to be involved in a business. I'm not starting a new business. But when I tell you that there are people who are as dumb as a traffic cop out there, and I, I'm not putting down traffic cops. They have the look of a traffic cop. They talk like a traffic cop. They think like a traffic cop. There's no IQ, no intellect, no history, no poetry, no science, no art. And they have millions of dollars a year flowing at them. Would you believe it? Why? I don't know the answer. And I think it's because I, I think I overestimate my audience. I'll be honest with you. I think too highly of the, of the general public, to be frank. I mean, I'm trying to level with you. So for me to start doing podcasts and continue to bring you some science, some poetry, some art thrown in there could be a mistake. Because when you listen to Mickey Mouse and Laughing Gas, this guy is as phony as they come. This guy just gives you what you want to hear. Then he has acolytes who work with him who give you the same crap over and over again every day. And apparently you buy it. So, you know, maybe I'm in the wrong world for where I am mentally. I don't know. That's what I've been thinking. But I'm probably going to do it for sure as a test in January, whether it'll be January 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th or 15th. I don't know when. Maybe I need a vacation after it's all over. Well, I'm going to vacation. I don't even like vacations. I talk in the middle of the night when I'm on the radio or not. I can wake up in the middle of the night and talk to Teddy, but Teddy's no longer with me, so I don't talk to him at all. So I could do a podcast at three in the morning. If I wake up and I can't sleep and I go online and start reading about old cars, I could turn the microphone and do a, a podcast about old cars. That would be more interesting than the traffic cop telling you about Fusion uh, 29 from Russia. But then again, no one ever went broke, underestimating the intelligence of the American people, said H.L. Mencken. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Middle East on the brink. North Korea on the brink. Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989-898. 
998. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989898. Spans of the spoken word. Welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. It is the uh, Savage Nation Rock and Roll Friday. Rock and Roll Friday. Well, there's a lot of stories, and I just—I I didn't know if Twitter would allow this to go up, but they did so far. It's been up for four minutes. We'll see what Jack does now. Terrorist shouts Allahu Akbar and decapitates teacher on Paris Street. I mean, it's a pretty clear headline. A gunman has beheaded a man in northern Paris, local reports have said Friday. Daily Mail. Parents shouting Allahu Akbar beheads Paris teacher for showing a pupil cartoons of Muhammad. He was trying to do a comparative religion classroom, and apparently one of the immigrants uh, got offended by it, and instead of arguing, uh, he did what they do in their culture. He cut the guy's head off. Isn't immigration great? Isn't it great? Isn't multiculturalism grand? Isn't it working out just the way that the multiculturalists have predicted? Well, I don't think so. Of course, it's interesting that we haven't thought about the practitioners of the religion of pieces for a long time. But there they are again, right under the surface. And, well, it could be that he's a Jesuit. We don't know. Could be he's a Jesuit or a Catholic. Could be a priest in drag. We don't know. We have to let Wolf Blitzer determine the truth, or they should go to the ultimate authority, perhaps, uh, Guthrie or uh, or uh, George Stepan, all of us. You know. 855-400-7282. Victim in Paris was a teacher who showed drawings of Muhammad during a lesson about freedom of expression. Suspect is a Muslim parent. Multiculturalism is working as long as you're not that parent and as long as you're not that teacher. And it, it goes to an earlier tweet of today. Cornell English Department drops English from department name because it offended a minority. So you spend 50000 70000 a year sending your daughter or your son to an Ivy League school and they come away not even able, even able to speak English. They can't add because, look, let's face it, math is racist. We had that report about a month ago that uh, two plus two is not four. Two plus two is a construct of the white man to confuse the minority. I'm not making it up. This is what it's come down to. This is how far our, quote, civilization has fallen because of the social policies of the Biden-Harris team, which will get so bad you won't even know what hit you. So you say, well, what do you want me to do, vote for Trump when I despise him? Yeah, vote for Trump even though you despise him. Because if you think he's bad, based upon the news reports, you ain't seen nothing yet. Wait until you see what happens when your dream ticket takes over. It'll look like the Cornell English Department. You won't even be able to speak English in this country after three years. They'll arrest you for speaking English in the street for offending somebody who doesn't speak English. 
All right, that's enough. That's enough of that. Now let's talk about you, me, the future. At the bottom of the hour, we have a wonderful reporter from the New York Post who I've had on before, Miranda Devine, who will be talking about some important topics with us. She's great. She writes great columns. But until then, it's your show, so get on if you can. Ron in Los Angeles, line three. Go ahead, please. Hi, Dr. Boom. Thank you for taking my call. I do want to talk about your transition from uh, radio to podcast. I'm very happy to hear that you've decided to do it because you're the only one left that I listen to on the radio. I listen to dozens of podcasts from left to right. And the gentleman who a couple of days ago called and said, you have been like a father to us, he's absolutely right. As a new father myself, I, I'm going to remember all the things you've talked about and all the advice you've given. I've even bought your book, Healing Children Naturally. Um, mm. you, I've, I've always noticed that you, being on the radio, you've been very limited. Whether it's because of commercials or time limits, you lose your thought process. I think the podcast is going to give you a lot more freedom to express what you want uh, more spiritedly. Sometimes like when you get on Periscope and you're kind of get upset and use a little bit of profanity here and there, I just start chuckling up as if you're fully able to... I know what you mean, but if you think I'm going to go a full Howard Stern and start being a douchebag like him, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, you're, you're too... I don't care if Howard Stern made a billion dollars. Yeah, he's one of the foulest human beings God has ever created. So, oh, he makes $130 million a year. So what? We judge people on how much money they make. Hitler made a lot of money, too, by invading and robbing people. What I'm saying is I don't expect my podcast to be filled with profanities in plain English because I probably won't even use one curse word. You know, I, yes, when I go on Periscope and I'm cooking and drinking some wine, occasionally I will slip. And that's why I'm not going to do many more Periscopes on wine while cooking calamari because I really don't want to, you know, fall into that trap. But how old is your child, Ron? He is a month and a half. He was, he's barely born. Oh, how beautiful. How many years have you been married? I've been married about four years. And you waited this long. Good for you. You waited till you were ready, right? Well, it, uh, it, it wasn't working out. And uh, I changed up a lot of my vitamins and a lot of things and helped. With oh, that. oh, oh, that's why you bought Healing Children Naturally about, about that. People don't realize that a man's um, sexual potency has nothing to do with whether or not they're producing sufficient and quality sperm to produce a child. In other words, a man can be extremely potent physically, making love vigorously, and still not be able to conceive because he's lacking the underlying nutritional substrate necessary for sperm production. That is, that's, what, that's what we're talking about, right? God, absolutely. But I also believe in the timing of God. My time is not aligned with his time. So, Okay, I, I could see that. I think there's spiritual elements to childbearing and, uh, and such. But uh, there's also plain old biological factors in, in that. It's the same with women. They give birth, and they usually go into a severe depression, and no one talks to them about the depression of childbirth, and then they get very guilty, and they fear that they don't like their child, and they start to get guilty, and it, it, it cycles back on them. Women, after they give birth, they've gone through almost, not almost, they've gone through a trauma. They've been depleted of all of their essential nutrients, from calcium to iron to nutrients they never heard of that were all given to the growing fetus in their body. And as a result, the woman is left exhausted and drained. And there's no one to help her. She doesn't know what to do. 
So she goes to a doctor and he puts her on antidepressants and makes her even, even worse. They need to go to the underlying substrate of the woman and what she has lost. And I did write about that in great detail in Healing Children Naturally. I'm sure you saw that chapter as well. Well, anyway, I, I guess you wanted to call about the podcast. And uh, do you currently listen to the radio uh, podcast? I do. Uh, but I, li- I tune into the actual radio just to support the numbers. But every. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, and you're in Los Angeles, so you listen to me on what station, though? How do you. Because ca- I'm only on KABC at night, so you're not getting it live. No, I listen through, to it through KSFO on a streaming. Yeah, well, they're going to lose me. You know that I have the number one streaming show in the entire Cubulus Network? The number one streaming show in their entire network. It's a fact. So people will not be able to stream this radio show in January, Ron. It'll be off the air. It won't be on any station in the country. That's a, it's an ugly fact. It's a sad fact because of my 200 stations. I'm sure many of them would like to carry the show, but it's not going to happen. It's just the end of a... What do they say? They say one door opens and another door closes, or one door closes and another door opens, right? Right, exactly. Look, the, I believe that the podcasting will be the last curtain of my, of my broadcast career. Let's put it that way. That'll be the last curtain of my broadcast career for however long I determine I want to do it. And as long as God, like you say, God, before it determines my voice should be heard, it will be heard. It's that simple. And I hope that you continue to listen on the podcast. Right now, I'm going to send you our fight for America because the fight has only just begun. Thanks for listening from Los Angeles. Uh, New Jersey, go across the country now. Josh, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Josh, 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 Josh. No, Josh. Okay, that's what happens in talk radio. It will never happen on a podcast. You know, I'm not going to say hello, you're on the air, and there's no one there. Okay, That's not going to happen anymore, right? Uh, Andrew, somewhere in California, you're up on the Savage Nation. What's on your mind? Uh, quick thing, uh, real quick, is uh, everybody gets certain different feelings about certain things. And in 2016, I was all amped up. I went to rallies with my father, and everything was going along. And then that story came out with the tape when, you know, uh, it broke about what he had mentioned about ladies. And everything kind of sank in his overall campaign and everybody's like oh my god it's over and out of nowhere the guy comes back and just hits state by state by state he didn't care he just stuck with one and about two weeks ago well more more like three or four weeks ago i was kind of bummed out thinking you know maybe they're going to really pull one over on us cheating with all everything and he's going to lose and i've been getting amped up lately and I went to the, the post office today to get my P.O. box, and there's this random gentleman there, very nice man. I don't know which way he leans, da 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 And I have your show playing in my pocket because I'm listening to it. I got out of the car. I, I played on mm. FO on the streaming like the last gentleman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going through my mail, and the guy goes, is that Savage? I go, yeah. He goes, oh, man, I love that. And you know, he's going off the air in January. I go, yeah. He's going to have a podcast. He goes, yeah, I'm going to listen to it. He goes, man, if this Biden guy gets in, we're all screwed. Well, you know, you raise, you raise a very good point. I hope that many of the people who listen to the radio show and have transitioned to the podcast will move with me to the podcast. That is going to be determined in the future. There are people who are in the podcast business and not in the radio who do very well indeed and have very large audiences. So it's not that big a, 
uh, you know, let's say demand. I think people already listen on podcasts, so they don't have to. They can listen to it when they want, where they want. They can start it, stop it, you know, that kind of thing. And I think that's the advantage of the subscription-based. I mean, subscription-based is one thing. That's the advantage of the on-demand uh, broadcast, which is listen to it when you want, for as long as you want. And from my point of view, I'm sending you, by the way, our fight for America. From my point of view, I have a different mind than people in broadcast media. Some of them are excellent. My mind is different than anyone in the business. I have a mind that works in, first of all, I speak in pictographic imagery. That's number one. I don't think many people do that. It is typical of those who speak Asian languages. Uh, the Asian languages are written in pictograms, incidentally. You look at Chinese characters, Japanese characters, Korean characters. Uh, you look at characters from the various dialects in India. They're pictograms, they're pictures. The words are pictures. My mind speaks in pictures. I also have what is known as a, a what do you call it, consciousness, stream of consciousness delivery, which used to be more pronounced when I was early, well, earlier days in radio because I had more time. There were fewer ads. Let's be very clear. We all know broadcast radio, because of the exigencies of the business, have become overly cluttered with ads. God bless the advertisers. But the fact is that you can hardly hear a person talk. And so if I could start a thought and continue speaking on that thought, one statement sometimes opens up a door to another statement, which leads to yet other doors of thinking, that stream of consciousness. And uh, I, I expect I'll be doing a lot more of that stream of consciousness talking come January. I hope you're listening. I'll be right back. Savage. Ah, mm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. All I'm doing is looking at the clock. Bottom of the hour in three minutes and 11, 10, 9, 8, 7 seconds. You could die from it, which I almost have done several times. Okay, Sharon, line two, what's on your mind? Go ahead, please. Yes, I've listened to you from the beginning, and most of the time I've laughed my head off when you've had callers that kind of sparred with you, and I'm wondering, are you going to lose that momentum when you're going to the... You know, that's a great question. I've thought about it, because on a podcast, you generally don't have callers. What I may have to do is give out a number somehow in advance that they can call into the... Right? There's some way to do it. Right, Jim? You give a cell phone. There. I don't know the whole system. And then we could put them on the air with me before, you know, the podcast so we can do it. Exactly. How, how have you listened? You listen to me in New York on OR, then on WABC, and now on, on stream? Is that it? No, I'm, I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area. Oh. SFO. You are? How, how has it changed in the years you've been here? It's, gone, it's gotten better, hasn't it? No, I think so. And I'll, be, so, I'll sorely miss you, but I'll definitely go to the podcast. But I'm saying, the city you live in, have you seen it change from the years you've been here? How has it changed in your eyes? Uh, well, I would say that sometimes you're a little more subdued, and I'm not sure why that had to be the case, but uh, 
Oh, you mean me? Me, me. Oh, yes. Yeah. Some days I'm down. I'm down. I'm a man. I'm a live human being. I'm not a robot. <laughs> so, Sharon, some days I'm up. Some days I'm down. You know, I'm like the tide sometimes. You know how many tides there are a day? Two highs and two lows. The same with humans. The problem, Sharon, is that humans have been led to believe that they're supposed to have one stable emotional state all day long. That is not the human condition. The human condition is like the tide up and down. You know what I mean? I don't mean every second like a manic depressive or what they call bipolar today. But by and large, people throughout a day have higher moments and lower moments. Their energy ebbs and, and flows, you know. And I think that when you're in the broadcast business, it's projected through the microphone if you're really a, a natural broadcaster. If you're faking it, then it's going to all sound the same and homogenous, et cetera. All right, Sharon, stay in a, I hope you join me when the podcast comes up. Our fight for America, the war continues, goes out to you. We have 55, 54, 53, 52, 51, 50, 49 seconds to the bottom of the hour. He said, this is what talk radio is. I'm sitting here watching the screen. Bottom of the hour in. Time is. Uh, and I'm already choking, gagging on it, like a neckerchief on my neck. 37, 36. 35, 34. How can you start a thought with a clock like a gun? 30. The red, now the red moon comes up 27, 26, 25. <laughs> so I can't start a thought. I know it's going to end in 20 seconds. Now, in my old days, I would have done a whole monologue in 18 seconds that were remaining. <laughs> I would have created a whole new monologue and knocked it out just to see if I could, and I would have done it. I'm not willing to do it anymore. I just don't want to do it. You get it? All right, look, when I come back, Great journalist, Miranda Devine. Savage. All right, rock and roll Friday in a savage nation. What are you going to do this weekend? Nothing. That used to be a question. Gee, TGIF, uh, really? <laughs> in the age of COVID, you're going to sit at home with your mask? You're going to wash your mask this weekend? What, what do you have... <laughs> What do you have planned this weekend, Jim? Oh, you're going to wash your mask, I see, and wash your hands again like, like, like a rodent? How many times can you wash your hands like, a, like a, a, an obsessive-compulsive? People look like rodents now with the hand washing. I never understand this. They go in a supermarket, and they wash their hands with that stuff they have there before going in. Why? What are they doing? I don't understand it. I mean, why are they washing before they go in when they're wearing gloves? None of it makes sense. It's all OCD. The whole, the whole nation is like one gigantic OCD job. I went to the supermarket yesterday. I observed caution. I got to wear a mask. You have to wear it to shop. All right. I can't breathe in it. I choke. I gag. I cheat. I have to take it down to breathe. I mean, by the time I hit the lettuce, I have to take the mask down and breathe. I can't breathe with the damn thing. So, all right, here we are. Big tech. What about big tech? You want to talk about big tech? I do. Because we know big tech is in the tank for Biden. We saw what Jack Dorsey did on Twitter. And joining us right now is an expert on the subject, one of America's best opinion columnists, Miranda Devine, who's been on the show before. And she writes for the New York Post. And she says big tech is in the tank for Biden and the Democrats. Miranda Devine, a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks for being with us. Hi, Michael. So lovely to be with you again. Uh, thank you for being with us. So... It's been argued that Twitter and Facebook, while they're privately owned, are actually operating as a utility and should be, should be governed by the FCC. How can they be controlled? Well, they need to be broken up. They're just too big to control at the moment. You can't rein them in. They are impervious. 
Uh, they don't care what senators tell them. They are, you know, you saw, you saw this week, they were quite content to throttle, uh, Facebook throttled the New York Post story and Twitter actually locked up the New York Post's Twitter feed. It also locked up uh, the Twitter feed of the press secretary of the president of the United States. They have no compunction about deleting tweets from the president. So Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg are more powerful than the federal government? 100%. They are. and they're Okay, so isn't that what the antitrust laws were written to, to stop? Exactly. The antitrust laws, as I understand them, uh, Miranda, were written to stop, to control companies that became more powerful than the government itself. That's right. And there have been instances in America's history where they have been used to break up monopoly companies which are too powerful. We've seen it with the railroads and the oil industry. I am at a loss to understand why senators who you hear them, they're constantly, you know, banging the drum and talking tough. It was only a couple of months ago we saw Zuckerberg and co dragged in to testify before Congress. And, uh, well, they weren't exactly dragged in because thanks to COVID, they could sit in their comfortable homes and just talk down the barrel of a, of a camera. But um, mm. uh, it, was, it was not even a slap on the wrist. They No. Look, Miranda, you and I both know how politics works in this country. They probably have given so much money exactly. to politicians on both sides of the aisle that they literally own the Democrats and the Republicans. I think that's the answer I would suspect is the correct one. What do you think? It has to be. It has to be the answer, you know, it, because there, there's so much money. I mean, you're talking about the, the, some of the most rich companies in the, in the world, the richest people in America. I mean, Jeff Bezos, you know, Amazon. It's not just Facebook and Twitter. It's Amazon, Google. It's big tech. They're all left-wing. They're all in the tank for Joe Biden and the Democrats. They have so much money they can corrupt anybody. And whether it's soft corruption in the form of lobbying in Washington, this is the very definition of the swamp. And both sides of politics are guilty of indulging in it. Do you think that if Biden wins, God forbid, that the Democrats would actually take action against these companies. I don't. I think it's a smoke, a, a smoke and mirrors job. I don't think they'll do a thing to rein in to rein in Facebook and Twitter and, and such. No, they are their proxies. They they Facebook and Twitter and the rest of social media, big tech, are all doing the Democrats' bidding. They all are globalists. They so why do they? Let me ask you something. Why would billionaires want? A man like Biden and his party who are going to tax the rich, why would they want them in power? Because, because they'll do nothing to rein in their power. Because they don't actually care about America. They will continue to outsource American jobs. They make money from doing business with the Chinese Communist Party. And they don't, and they don't. that means that China grows as a strategic... So they're a global corporation. To them, America is simply a market, not a nation that gave them their, their uh, foundation. They don't care about America. They care about the global corporation. And as such, they're not citizens of the United States. No. And so, well, so, you know, you ask yourself, Miranda, then why hasn't the Trump administration done anything to rein in Facebook and Twitter to date, I mean, he's still the president. He could have he could have convened some actions against them. Why didn't he do it? Well, I think you have to understand about Donald Trump is that he has achieved a lot in his four years, but it has been against a constant barrage of sabotage. You know, this is why they're sabotaging him. They have been trying to close him down and stop him from enacting his agenda because his agenda is lethal to their their 
wealth, to their plans, to their you know, globalization uh, going on as it has been. I mean, they don't care about America getting weaker. In fact, that's part of their business plan. So, and, and Donald Trump is the exact opposite of that. So I think I agree. I think that the president has not achieved a lot of things that he set out to do, but I understand why he hasn't. I don't think it's from a lack of will. He was surrounded by snakes and traitors, as we know. I mean, how many books have been written from people that he sacked from the administration, um, leaking from day one? I mean, no, I agree with you. And, and the game was always to throw him off base, to keep him from doing what we elected him to do, which is, amongst other things, to rein in, to rein in this monstrosity called big tech. So they're only going to get bigger and more powerful and even more monopolistic, Miranda, no matter, even if Biden wins? Well, no, especially if Biden wins. That's the plan. That's why they want Biden to win. And Biden, as you know, is just a cipher. I mean, he's a hollow vessel. Um, he just does what Yeah, he does. he's a factotum. I know that. So in other words, Pelosi, who lives really uh, in Silicon Valley's backyard or there in her backyard, we all know that big tech and Pelosi are one and the same. Well, how did she get so rich? I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're great business people. Yeah, well. Uh, maybe, it was the, maybe it's the ice cream business that she isn't in. I don't know. I don't have the hand. <laughs> so, Miranda, let's talk for a quick minute about the story in the New York Post about Biden's son, Hunter Biden. It's a shocking story use of crack, selling favors to meet his father, and yet big tech swept it under the rug. Has that story basically been killed because of them? Oh, no. I mean, look, they, they have managed to limit um, its distribution on their platforms, which, of course, is the main way of distributing stories these days. But the, the fact is that they've probably done the story a favor by shining the light on their own uh, censorship of it. You know, that's become a huge story. And I think where a lot of rest of the media who are also in the tank for Biden uh, wanted to ignore and squelch and discredit our story, um, that what, what Big Tech did was actually backfired on them because it, the story about their censorship became bigger than our original story and it pointed people to our original story. So if you hadn't heard about our story... You would have heard about big tech censorship, and I think that's a bipartisan, um, not as in the politicians, but in terms of the average American voter. I think whether you vote Democrat, Independent, or Republican, or Green, or anything, you care that that these uh, unaccountable oligarchs are controlling what you read, what you see, what you understand about the world. They do remind me of big oil at the time of John D. Rockefeller. And, of course, the populist Teddy Roosevelt was elected because he said he would bust the trusts. Who's going to really bust these trusts when they're now more powerful than even Rockefeller was in his day? I'm very pessimistic. So tell us for a minute, what is the essence of the scandal of Hunter Biden and the Ukrainian energy company Burisma? What is the, the actual scandal? Well, what we've seen now is new evidence in emails that this is a cash for influence scandal by the Biden family and that Joe Biden knows about it and is involved. And the proof of that, we, we published day one. I mean, you don't need more proof than this. It's an email from Hunter Biden's 
laptop that he abandoned at a Mac repair shop in Delaware, and it's legally obtained. And that email shows that Hunter Biden arranged a meeting between his father and the number three guy on, on who was running Burisma Energy, which was a, a corrupt Ukrainian energy company that was paying Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, up to $83,000 a month. But what did they want from Joe Biden? Let me ask you something. So they gave the, the, the son all this money to get close to Joe. What did they want from Joe Biden as vice president at the time? What did they want from him? They want what they got, which was they wanted the Ukrainian top prosecutor to stop investigating Burisma for corruption. And that's exactly what Joe Biden delivered. He, he went to uh, Ukraine in December of 2015 and he threatened the government there. He would withhold $1 billion of American aid to Ukraine unless they sacked Viktor Shokin, who was the top prosecutor, who at that stage had been investigating Burisma. In fact, he'd gotten so far ahead in his investigation that he had confiscated properties and a Rolls-Royce Phantom belonging to the boss and the founder of Burisma Holdings, which, remember, again, is a company paying Hunter Biden a fortune, and Hunter Biden's got no experience in either the energy business or you so oh, wait so obama was deeply involved with Bi- Ob- biden wouldn't have done this without obama's approval so they threatened to withhold a billion dollars to get rid of the prosecutor where is the prosecutor today miranda victor shokin well he has, yes uh, he, he he is now in ukraine and he has written an affidavit i think he's still in ukraine we're not sure but he's written an affidavit uh swearing that he was investigating corruption of Burisma, because the cover story that Joe... Oh, he better not go jogging in Marcy Park. That's all I can suggest. <laughs> well, well, look, it's, it's, it's a serious matter. I mean, this is... This goes- but it's, go- it's gone nowhere. I think the average American is so burned out from this whole campaign, they don't even care about Burisma. It means nothing to them. That's the sad truth. They don't care if Joe Biden literally threatened the company, and it's in writing, to uh, get rid of the prosecutor who was looking into this. I don't think they care. So what chance do we have in a country where guys who run Facebook and Twitter are bigger than the government itself and uh, bury a story like this? Where can we, the people, go with our concerns about the corruption of Joe Biden? Look, I think people do care deeply. And, uh, you know, we're getting that from all the people who have been reading our story. They do care. Uh, They feel powerless. And... um, uh, look, I don't think this makes any difference to the election. I think most people have made up their mind already who they're going to vote for. Um, and I think that it will only be a, a, a President Trump in his second term will... Now he's... All the blinkers are off. He knows he was, uh, he was not a politician. He didn't really know the ways of Washington. He couldn't really see the minefields ahead. And he had no one really around him that he could trust. Now it's a much wiser Donald Trump that will have his second term if the people decide to give it to him. And I think that that is the only chance that America has to once and for all break up these tech monopolies and stop this corruption. Yeah, but the lies about Trump come out every day. 
Look at the Drudge Report, burned out the fall of Trump. John Kelly unloads, most flawed person ever. You read the story, there's nothing there. And yet this is now a headline every day about Trump. I've never seen such deception in my entire life. Yes, but but the, but the more they lie, the less influence they have with real Americans. I mean, you know, there's a reason that Donald Trump calls it fake news all the time. And his base understands that. They don't trust what they are Okay. Miranda, unfortunately, I have to run because, you know, the exigencies. When I become a straight podcaster in January, I hope to have you on again where we can have a lengthy conversation that isn't interrupted by the clock. Opinion columnist for the New York Post, the great Miranda Devine. Big Tuck is in <laughs> Big Tuck, Big Tucker. Uh, big Tech is in the <laughs> Big Tech is in the tank. That's almost Peter Piper picked the pack of pickled peppers. Big Tech is in the tank for Biden and the Democrats. Miranda Devine, thanks for being with us on the Savage Nation. Savage. All right, folks. That's all, folks. I know you don't want to hear it. I know you don't want to hear it's over. Today it's over. That's all. It's Friday. It's over. It's been a long week. I had the president on on Tuesday. Yesterday I spent the day at the um, Presidio Trust working on uh, important things. I'm so glad the president appointed me to the board. You know, it's an unpaid position. I don't do it for any money. I do it because I care about this city. I care about the heritage that this generation has inherited from the past. And because of my background in environmental things and horticulture and botany and things of that nature and culture, I am trying to do the best I can working with the wonderful people who are there working like crazy. They really do a great job, especially with a down economy like we have. And uh, the news is so depressing. Many people are not listening to it anymore. You can't look at it. It's a nightmare to look at the news. And most people are saying, I want it over with. I just want the election over with. I don't care who wins. I just want this nightmare to end, right? Unfortunately, the nightmare will only begin if uh, Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi win the election. You mark my words. Once you no longer have Trump to kick around anymore and you see things get even worse than they have ever been in this country, who are you going to blame then? I know why it's Donald Trump. See, he did it to the country. And if only he hadn't been there, everything would have been fine under Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi. Well, no, that's not so. Meanwhile, states are showing early voting records broken as Democrats are appearing in droves. Thanks for listening. You can find me on michaelsavage.com. God bless America. The Westwood One Podcast Network.